What is up? What is happening? Welcome to the latest episode of the Yankshaft F1 podcast, a group of American dudes who like watching other dudes drive really fast. Joining me as always from an undisclosed location in the Midwest, we've got Ian. Glad to be back, ladies and gentlemen. Glad to be back. And from the nation's capital, we've got Johnny Gomes. Glad to be back indeed. Guys, what a, what a race, what a season. And we'll get into whether it was uh, good or bad a little bit later, but I can uh, honestly say it was one of the most ridiculous races um, I can ever remember happening in in Formula One. Um, just a ridiculous viewing experience all around. What, just initial impressions. Ian, like, I know you were in, like, New Orleans watching the race. What what happened there? Yeah, I had a couple uh, had a couple of Minnesotas during the race. I didn't really get to take the extensive notes that I normally do. Um, but yeah, that was like, if it, it's just so crazy that we have the end of the season, have this like great setup for this amazing race. And then we race on a track that clearly was not ready for Formula one and just chaos ensued. Nobody knew what was going on. The FAA was clueless. The drivers were getting after each other as a fan. It was awesome. And it was one of my favorite races of the season. Yeah. Um, I thought it was just weird all around. It just, to me, it seemed like a total money grab race. Like why build a whole entirely new track in the middle of the desert? Like, like I much rather would have preferred a a race at at another track. They've already raced at a second time over anything, but you know, whatever. Well, we we can dissect it a little more here. They should have come back to Indianapolis. Let's be honest. Um, (laughs) No, it was, it was, it was ridiculous. And I guess let's, let's, let's kind of start there. Like we, we knew that this track might not be ready in time. We knew it was kind of hastily thrown together. The normal FIA rule is that a track has to be completed 90 days before it's used, um, you know, so they can go through all the proper inspections and stuff. I think this one was done like a week in advance. I was going to say, this was like, what, 90 minutes before they were like, got that this weekend? Yeah. yeah. Took a wild guess uh, as to why that was able to slide through the cracks. It got released. Yeah, exactly. It it Uh got released in the F1 game before it was actually done. Um, and it was it was gorgeous, like the aerial shots, like it, it looked sure. beautiful. But when we all saw the layout and we're like, hey, it's it's going to be it's it's almost as long as spa. But the lap times are going to be closer to Monza. We were like, OK, so this is high speed. It might be dangerous and it's not ready two weeks before the race starts like we all saw these problems coming there. It's a street circuit, quote unquote. There's no actual roads there. It's just they, there are walls on the side so they can call it a yeah. street circuit. And, yeah, and, and we, knew, street circuit. we knew it was going to be dangerous. And sure enough, we woke up to watch, you know, F2, red flag, restart, another red flag. They cancel the rest of the race. The drivers are literally on the radio being like, did I win? Like, what What happened? Where are they? How are they classifying these results? Like, it was a sham. And then the F1 race happened the same time. Like we, we know it was a money grab, but like it's, it was just, it was exactly what we thought it was going to be. Right. Yeah. I mean, the track wasn't ready. We, I think we all knew that. Um, like we were saying, you, you need to have some time of just testing the track and making sure it's safe for these guys. And like we saw that in F2, we saw that in qualifying. I mean, you have a race that gets what two red flags in the first 15 laps of the race. Like, yeah, yeah. And, and if it, it had been That's done long. earlier, maybe they could have they could have realized where the problem areas were going to be and been like, OK, maybe we need to expand this section of the track so that every crash doesn't cause a red flag. Like those are the things that they, they didn't even get a chance to do. Sorry to cut you off, Johnny. No, 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 it's fine. I was just going to say like the, the, the ethics behind it all are certain 
certainly questionable and and it wasn't a good race you know as as far as like some of the good racing we've gotten dramatic so good yeah it was it was dramatic and it was engaging i found myself like you know laughing at myself back and forth between the commentary amongst the drivers like the whole time so i don't know um i just have very mixed thoughts about the whole thing it was, I, think uh, just the, I think just the fact that it was so dramatic because we're winding down at the end of the season, every intentions have already been so high between Mercedes and Red Bull. And then you throw all that on that track that just made it like, when I say it's one of my favorite races of the season, like you said, Johnny, it was not a good race at all, but <laughs> no. it was extremely entertaining and it was extremely, and it was very dramatic. And honestly, I understand Formula One because if you're trying to go for a money grab, you want a lot of publicity off your race. And if there's one thing that this course brought for everybody, it's going to be a ton of publicity and a ton of drama and a ton of attention for Formula One. It felt like this race was just like made for drama, like every bit of it, the FIA stuff, all of it. But Ian, that's a good point in that if, if this exact race had happened last year when the title was decided three weeks ago, I think we'd all be looking at this as a complete disaster. And, and, and in some ways, I am looking at it as a complete disaster. But if you if you remove the drama of Max and Lewis eight points separated by eight points going into the race, if, if the title was already decided and we just saw that joke of a race occur, it, it would have been one of the all-time worst races in F1, I think. Am I, am I wrong on that? Am I being a little too dramatic? I don't think so. Maybe a little dramatic. Um, yeah, you, they're just – I really think it's all the, the – this race – you can't do this right. I mean, you can obviously, but this race would have felt better toward maybe the middle of the season versus like the end of the season race. And I got a lot. If you, it would be like if you play the Super Bowl, you know, outdoors on it at FedEx Field. But oh, that God. Was like oh, God. <laughs> if you play the yeah. Super Bowl and FedEx Field, that was the equivalent of Jetta last of Jetta this off. Awesome. It's, like, it's like putting lipstick on a pig, you know? It's. <laughs> uh, there's there's no getting around how awful it was and it wasn't helped by by you know some of the driving and some of the some of the decisions that were made by by certain drivers throughout the day so yeah well uh yeah i'm sorry go ahead john i was just gonna say crap show all around yeah, a hundred percent, and and we'll get into uh, the drivers and and some of those decisions because I think the I, I have some points I want to make about about Max and Lewis, but you know, just brief recap so that we're all back on the same page here. Um, we had Max Verstappen on one of like the all time best qualifying laps, crashes at the last turn, like like turn twenty five. Um, so he starts P three. We start the race that way. Then Mick Schumacher around like, what was it like lap 10 or something? Uh, crashes. Yellow, was yeah, 11, 11 or 12. Yeah. Some of that range. Yeah. So they go for a safety car. Mercedes pits Bottas and Hamilton under the safety car. So Max Verstappen is in the lead. They decide to stay out. <laughs> then they decide to red flag it like eight minutes later. So that means that under a red flag, Max Verstappen is allowed to change tires. So he now has gained the advantage because the FIA didn't know initially whether they were going to red flag it or yellow flag it when to me it seemed pretty clear that from that mick crash they were gonna have to red flag it was a dangerous corner gonna have to repair barriers first restart yeah yeah first restart yeah yeah lewis hamilton gets the better start than than max by by a long shot max illegally overtakes him and ocon to get back into first place and then before we can even settle that drama there is another red flag as 
Uh, who was it? Sergio Perez got taken out from behind and then got sandwiched. Nikita Mazepin slammed into George oh, Russell. He did not was break. Bad. He did. No, he, there was send. no breaking. It was just full send. Boom. Mazepin go. It was kind of, you know, it was like, oh, hey, Nikita Mazepin's back. And Haas now has no cars left. Anyway, sorry, Chris. Yeah, yeah by, by like lap like 16. Yeah, no, there's there's no asses <laughs> left. Um, so so that season, caused another red flag. Left. While we are under the second red flag now, uh, the FIA gets on the radio to Red Bull and is offering <laughs> offers them P2, to which everyone watching the race responds, wait, what? Like behind Ocon and ahead of Hamilton? And that's what Red Bull asked them. Michael Massey says, hold on one second. Comes back uh, a minute later and says, I'm sorry, we meant P3. We forgot about Ocon. Shout out Esteban Ocon. Literally the race leader at this point, completely forgotten about. Um, we didn't forget about FIA. you, Ocon. We never <laughs> forgot you. Michael Massey may have. So he offers them P3 and they Red Bull takes it. Um, but after the second, well, the third start, the second restart, Max Verstappen overtakes Lewis Hamilton and to get into the lead. And then we get into the shenanigans of Lewis passes Max. Max Max essentially break checks Lewis Hamilton. Uh, Lewis crashes into the back of him. Somehow his front wing survives. Um, Max lets him pass eventually, then retakes him with DRS, then has to give the place back again, and then is handed a five-second penalty. We finish Lewis Hamilton, P1, Max Verstappen, P2, Lewis Hamilton, fastest lap point, and we are tied heading to the last race of the season. Where... Uh, where to begin, guys? Did, did I miss anything on the recap, first of all? Uh, how about, our, how about uh, Valerie Bottas um, getting Ocon at the last last tiny bit of that race for uh, Mercedes right 2 Yeah. It was pretty cool. I felt she bad for, that, for Ocon. That was at the last second. Well, o- Ocon's got a P1 already this year, doesn't he? Yeah. Yeah, 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 so. yeah he won in Hungary. Yeah. So. Can't uh, feel too bad for him. And then just kind of, I feel like the, the middle of the pack race was actually kind of boring once we had everything settled out. It seemed like uh, nobody wanted any more red flags. Was, were yeah. kind of just I mean, all ha, ha, in how many cars here. did we finish with that, 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 you know, ended up not finishing the race? Five or six. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, I, I mean, yeah, obviously, once you uh, eliminate uh, 25% of the field, the, you know, Hopefully things will go running a little bit more smoothly. I think one of the commentators even said that, like, you know, as, as we eliminate more and more cars, you know, hopefully there's less chance. For even even then, the, these guys, they, they were bouncing off the walls all day long. You know, there was debris all over the track, you know, for half the race. Guys were complaining about it all day. And, and <laughs> you know, just leaving it, bits on the track. Yeah, it, it, it's almost like, you know, they, they had to get um, they had to get like stewards and in like people work in the event from Bahrain and like they had to ship in people to work the race. It's almost like they slapped it together at the last minute or something. And, and, and that showed throughout the entire race, like the, the, the Lewis and Max incident, like how is that information not relayed, you know, quick at enough same time, yeah. at the same time, you know, it, it's formula, formula one racing, like things happen in split second, decisions here that, like, that's where i know? wanted to go with this you know before you know I, I had some other points on you know the midfield and the other teams that we can we can get to later um but i wanted to get right into the fia and their their impact on this race essentially because it was it was basically a disaster from the beginning i mean every even i, I agree with their decision to red flag after mixed crash but the fact that they yellowed it at first and then let everyone pit and then decided a red like that i thought that could have been the deciding moment in the race if we didn't get you know eight more safety cars afterwards 
Um, what? Yeah, was there any FIA decision that stood out the most to either of you guys as as the worst? Or what are your thoughts overall? I think it was just, and I, and I kind of get their their AFIAs like they're obviously they're in a tough position because everything, like you said, happens so fast. Um, and I think the most important thing for me anyway, kind of what I prefer is just like, hey, come out, make a call, make it quick, and then stick to it. If you want to yellow flag it, yellow flag it. But don't say, uh, well, actually, I have to red flag, red flag. If you think it's bad enough for you, have to red flag it. If you want to be over, if you're even if this is being overcautious and you want to throw more red flags out, do it. Just don't go back on what you do because you look so bad and so just vastly incompetent whenever you just like, uh, we, uh, uh, uh red flag, you know, yellow yeah. flag, uh, yeah. P2. At this track too. Totally. Yeah. Or you, you didn't think there was going to be a red flag. They were afraid of, they were afraid of stopping the race too many times. Like how'd that work out for you guys? You know, like, yeah, you knew what you were getting into. I don't know what they said that like they, you know, once they removed mixed car from the barrier, then they got to assess the damage. It was like, dude, that's a high speed corner. They knew they were going to have to repair it. Like I just I, I didn't understand, but Johnny, you alluded to it earlier. That I'm sorry, the the um the radio message when when uh, Lewis crashed into Max, uh, Ian. I'm not sure if you were able to get this because you didn't you didn't have access to the volume when you were watching the race. But the FIA told Red Bull to tell Max to hand the position to back to Lewis to give Lewis P1. They had not told Mercedes or Lewis Hamilton that same information yet. So Max slows down on a straight trying to let Lewis go by him quickly because Max was trying to wait until they got to the DRS detection zone. So and he's under the assumption that Lewis knows this yes. information. And Lewis doesn't know. And they're both playing DRS chicken because neither one wants the other one to have DRS on them at the detection zone that is coming up at the end of the straight. And and then we end up with Lewis Hamilton. Cra- and, and, and I mean, thank God that that didn't turn out to, to end anybody's day. Yeah. But it easily could have simply because they told Max Verstappen to give the place back before Hamilton knew that that was the plan. We've got a driver breaking on a straightaway. As as someone who was watching this game without sound, shout out to the American Sports Barcelona, New Orleans, Louisiana, by the way. Um, I was on Lewis's side because all I saw were two cars going, one car breaking, and I thought, oh my God, Max just basically tried to he kill Lewis Hamilton and, yeah, end regardless. This, yeah. and end this championship right now. So that was one of the most, oh my God, what's going on moments for me, like all the entire season. Um, but yeah, no, that was, that is extremely dangerous. And it kind of looks like Hamilton or Verstappen kind of let it, gave it, was going to give it to him and then kind of gave him the opportunity. And it was actually like, well, if you don't take it right away, I'm going to take it right back. And I feel like that's kind of what happened. Yeah. And it turns out it was because of the FAA just made a, made a bad decision. It didn't tell Hamilton. Also not the safest move by Max. Like I, no, like, no, I, no, I don't, no. want, I don't want to blame this entirely no. on the FIA. Max did, they, they showed, once they showed the analysis of like, he had like, negative 23 G's like G forces on his brake. Like it's like when you're in a straightaway like that in an F one car and you want to let somebody pass, you let off the throttle a little bit. You You move to either side of the track a little bit, maybe, you know, braked and moved over at the same time. It was not safe. It's like the move you do when you're a kid, when you get up really up and close and personal in someone's personal space, you know, I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. I'm not touching you. Like, you know what you are doing. That is exactly what Max Verstappen did in that situation. Yeah, it, to to me it was a total. I'm I'm taking my ball and I'm going home. 
type deal by Max. <laughs> like he was pissed, you know, he was salty. He he had to give that place up. And, and to me, he's he seems like a he's like a desperate animal, you know, backed into a corner at this point. He was driving dangerously all day. And and Lewis said at the end of the race, you know, I think he summed it up perfectly. He said, "Cooler heads prevail today." So. God, um, so subtle, so I subtle. know, right? Yeah, so, so British. So Max yeah. Verstappen simply yeah. says, "They hate racing. They don't. They, this is more. It's, it's an FIA show. Like, dude, look in the mirror." Yeah. yeah. Um. I mean, yeah. It was. It was a bad. I mean, it was. It was a bad week for the FIA. I think they need to make major changes going into next year because they're losing so much credibility. Um. And again, this is the pinnacle of motorsport. It, yeah. It's it, a global phenomenon, and and we're. And to see something like that happen where, again, like it, it, we could have seen a disaster there just because of the FIA's incompetence. And I don't I don't want to just be like, oh, well, it all worked out in the end. You know, Lewis deserved the win. Max deserved second. So whatever. Like, no, it's going to lead. It's going to just destroy a season, you know, if, if, if changes are made. Yeah, we certainly need to acknowledge the weight of the implications, like the fact that, you know, you know, everything ended up working out sort of, I guess, you know, I mean, people could have gotten seriously hurt. Like this could have ended much, much worse um, in, in multiple ways. So, um, but, but we can't just let this slide as fans of the sport. You know what I mean? No, and we've got Michael Massey, the FIA director on the phone playing shark tank with Red Bull trying to negotiate a deal. Like, Y'all have rules, right? So if Max overtook him illegally, you tell him, hey, well, on this restart, you're P3. You don't come in and start negotiating like, hey, like, you know, if you take P3, we'll just drop. Well, you know, we don't even need to investigate it. Like what? What? There's rules. Just enforce them. Like, can you imagine in, in, in like the NFL, if we, we had head coaches or GMs like on the phone with the commission, like the commissioners on the phone with the teams, like. Hey, yeah, that 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 guy that's uh, getting kicked out for unnecessary roughness. Like, if you if you accept the fifteen yard flag, then we won't suspend him for the next race. So, you, like, you know, like are challenging a call. Like, accept this uh, dropped pass call, and you know, we we won't do that. Like, what's going? This is this is sport, right? There's rules and regulations, but apparently not. Um, sorry for my my rant there. Um, it's all it's all made up, and the points don't matter. Yeah. Whose line is it anyway? Whose driver is it? Anyway? Whose race is this anyway? So moving moving on from uh, FIA being the villain, um, which I think they clearly were, to um, the drivers involved in this championship, Max Verstappen and Lewis Hamilton. I am decked out in um, my Red Bull racing hat and my uh, Alpha Towery sweatshirt right now, but I have no problem saying that uh, Max Verstappen in the last two races seems to be in I do not care anymore mode. I am I will win this championship however I have to. Every single time that Lewis Hamilton has passed him in the last two races, he has made an elite, like done an illegal maneuver to either force Lewis off the track with him, take back the place illegally. He, he, he refuses to let Lewis Hamilton win this championship purely on just driving skill on the track is, is how I'm viewing the situation. Am I, am I wrong? Am I being too, I love Max. I'm rooting for him to win a clean race in Abu Dhabi and win this championship. But the last two races, he hasn't shown any of that. Lewis has been, like I said, cooler heads, passing on track the right way. And Max, maybe it's just a coincidence. Maybe it's just some bad luck. But it seems to me like he's, you know, he he, he refuses to let Lewis take it cleanly. I don't think he's going to 
I don't think he would crash Lewis to win the championship. Oh, yeah, I wouldn't go that far. But it's not out of the realm of possibility. <laughs> but you might think that, yeah, you, you like, might think he could. Yeah. No, it's it, you're you're right though. Is this, he's just such an intense like I don't even want to say competitive. That's not even the right word. It, it's it's just like he's just like gone into psycho max the past like this basically this whole entire season is like I'm going to do whatever it takes to become a world champion and I don't care who gets in my way or who I have to run over or what I have to do. I have one goal and by any means necessary, I am going to get there. Yeah. He's, he's, it's almost like he's hyper focused on that goal and like agree, like n- nothing's going to get in his way. He's going to trample over anything and everything in his way. And, and okay. So correct me if I'm being ridiculous here. Cause I've got, I just, I'll, the drama of the season's getting to me. I've got a lot of hot opinions. Let's hear it. Max, Max's behavior the last two races and honestly a lot of the last half of the season I think is at least partly a result of Christian Horner and the Red Bull team coddling him the way that they have since he was you know 17 18 years old because no matter what he's done Christian Horner gets on the radio and defends it to Michael Massey and 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 it you know Total Wolf does the same thing with Lewis Hamilton you're you're looking out for your team But with Christian Horner, it feels more personal. It feels like for the last five years, Max Verstappen has never done anything wrong in the eyes of Christian Horner, that he is the best racer, but race car driver in the world. He, he never makes a mistake. He's never too aggressive. He, he, that was not an illegal overtake. That was just a bad interpretation by the FIA and Max Verstappen. It's that, that constant voice in his ear telling him that he was right. Every single time, nobody in his ear telling him, Hey man, you screwed up on that corner. That was, that was illegal. You shouldn't have done that. That was dangerous. You were wrong. I don't know if anyone's been telling him that because Christian Horner is so hyper-focused on this result of wanting to get another world champion that I, I know it sounds ridiculous, but are you seeing where I'm coming from at least? Yeah, no, I see where you're coming from. Um, and this is something to where like you have to have somebody and you have to have that just utmost supreme confidence, even to get this level of driving. But especially since he has not won one before and Christian Horner is so sick of losing to Lewis Hamilton and Mercedes. And the only chance he's going to get is through Max Verstappen. He is also, I mean, we are talking here about how Max Verstappen's a psycho and doing, you know, whatever it takes to win a world championship. So is Christian Horner. Yeah. That was kind of my point. Yeah. Yeah. It was Christian Horner. Like it's yeah. not, and he's been molded just on this. Yeah. He's, he's, he's been building this max. He's been building max up into this monster. That is just, tunnel vision yeah. we're getting there hell, hell or high water we're gonna get there and hop on so i think yeah. if they got one or they had one of their belt they'd be a little bit better but until they get that first one i'm obviously corner and um verstappen together um they, they're gonna they're gonna be like this yeah and they'll be like this next year too if they don't get it this year Totally. Yeah, no, because I, I mean, all we ever hear is the team radio audio, right? Like all we ever hear is Horner defending his guy and stuff. You would hope that behind closed doors and at the facilities and stuff that that someone's talking to him, someone's in his ear, keeping him balanced That's and what stuff. I'm saying I'm not sure. Yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't, I'm not yeah, so no, sure of it either. That. I don't think that happens, but I think teams, it, I think it does it at Red Bull. I'm not sure. Yeah, but I think it, it's also related to the fact that you know, Lewis Hamilton might be on his way out. I mean, there's been rumors that he's been on his way out 
you know, not just this past year, but, you know, and these guys, you know, Horner and Verstappen, you know, they're prideful guys. They're talented guys at what they do. Some of the best in the world. And, and, you know, they don't want to let that guy go out on top. They want to beat him. You know what I mean? So I could totally see that, that angle too. As, I mean, as first reported by the Yank Chef pod, whenever Pierre Gasly joins Mercedes and wins a championship, you know, for that to happen, Lewis Hamilton's got to go and he's not going to be around forever. So you're only going to get so many chances to beat him. And, you know, the, you can't let it slip out of your hands when you're literally tied in the last race of the season and you can beat the greatest driver of all time. Yeah, so we've got Max and Lewis both tied at 369.5 points Point five bothers me. So I, I said after Spa, I was going to hate doing it every week, and it has come true. But Max has won nine races this year. Lewis Hamilton has won eight. Uh, because of how many this 23 race schedule, if Lewis Hamilton beats Max, Max would have the most podiums of any driver to not win a, ch- uh, a championship and uh, the most uh, race wins of any driver not to win a championship, which would just be brutal. Um, but it all comes down to, to, uh, to one race here, Max and Lewis, we've got Max Verstappen, this young up and comer who's been battling, didn't quite have the car to do it. He's finally got the car to do it. Can he take down the greatest of all time? We've got Lewis Hamilton, seven-time world champion, going for the record eighth title at age whatever he is now. Um, and I think this might be his most impressive, uh, uh, impressive driver's championship of his career at this stage of his career. Which storyline is more more appealing to you guys between Max or Lewis winning the title? I think the storyline that I'm looking forward to kind of the most is that if if the 36-year-old Lewis Hamilton there we go. Um, wins the championship and he is, finishes the race first and Verstappen finishes second, is there going to be a fist fight on that podium? Because why not will, i think, will, okay, I think I, follow-up question will max even go on the podium no seriously that's a, i don't i don't think i don't think he will i do not think he will i think he i think he would leave i, th- I think he would just say no i'm not doing this and then would walk out and then nobody on red bull or any other drivers would be like he told him not a to completely clean race and christian horner would be like don't worry max we're protesting this don't give him the time of day because <laughs> like, it really comes down to like people like People love to, you know, give, you know, pick on Lewis Hamilton and, you know, pick on Verstappen is what it is, but they really, really do need each other because without Lewis Hamilton, nobody would like Max Verstappen. <laughs> like people were going to hate Max Verstappen whenever he wins pretty much every single race is a dick all the time. And then his win championship and then his win consecutive championship. It's going to happen. And I, I just think we need to enjoy it while we can, while we have these two amazing drivers who are going at it. Because, I mean, no offense to him, but like, do you think George Russell and Max and Max Verstappen would be getting into this? Would have this amount of tension between each other? Because I sure don't. No, this is the perfect storm, and this is why it'll be. It, it's going to go down as one of the all-time great seasons in Formula One. I mean, we're yeah. we are tied at three hundred and sixty-nine and a half points each. Going to the last race. Do you know in statistically improbable it's, that it's, is? It's insane. It's insane. Between a legend, a guy who's won seven titles, and a, and the the next generation star, you know, who going for his first. It's it's perfect drama. How awesome is that, though? No, it's it, it's been <laughs> it's been incredible. And either storyline, like I had a friend it, text me earlier asking which I'd rather see, and I was like, I am a Max fanboy 
Like, I, and that's why I, I, I feel like I'm allowed to be harsh on him this episode because I'm rooting for him. I, I, I hope everything goes well, but I'm just, I have to trust my eyes and what I've seen here. I think I'm rooting for Hamilton. Like part of, part of me remembers like young, like rookie season, Bald young Lewis, Lewis Hamilton, yeah. who is yeah. Balding Lewis Hamilton. Yeah. Look at the pictures. They exist, but you know, just a kind of a guy that doesn't, you know, doesn't come from a multimillionaire background. Yeah. So I, I think I'm rooting for Lewis as well, just because I want 2021 to be known as the year of the 36 year old, old guy, because We've got him, Ovechkin, and Ronaldo, you know, guys, <laughs> you know, Portuguese across three different sports. <laughs> <laughs> and it's just incredible what he's doing at his age. He's dominated for so long. And, you know, he's got this little annoying little net that Max Verstappen is starting to become flying around him all the time. And he seems to just swat him away at every turn. And cooler heads prevail, you know. I'm totally down with that. I'm behind Lewis all the way, baby. Let's go. It's no, it's a, like I said, it's a, it's a great storyline of Lewis winning because I think Max had the better car throughout most of the season. And it, it would be one of Lewis's, in my opinion, his most impressive title. And to do it at yeah. age 36 is just, is just ridiculous. Um, finally kind of moving on from that incredible title, uh, the, the title fight and the Max and Lewis and the FIA and all of that. Um, I wanted to, uh, give a quick shout out to Ferrari who are now, let's see here, 38 points up on McLaren, so have likely all but locked up uh, third place in the constructors um, has Ferrari. Some notes about Ferrari. The last five races, both cars have been in the top eight every single race, Um, which we said all year. It felt like we were making comments like they're finishing six and seven or five and six every single race. They have outscored McLaren 81 to 24 since they introduced their new uh, hybrid power unit um, in that car again five races ago and Ferrari has already more than doubled its point total from 2020 Matteo Bonatti Ferrari the whole shindig the Scuderia is back <laughs> I'm I'm 2022 champs in Ferrari I had to give them give Jeez, them their due man. for for the amazing turnaround signs and Leclerc are the best driver pairing in Formula One this season and next season I would argue I I think they're poised they're poised for something special um that was my my midfield point you know good season for for McLaren we've still got Lando Norris hanging on to sixth place remember when we thought he might be able to to finish ahead of Bottas or Perez and now he's five points ahead of Carlos signs and four points behind Charles Leclerc. The inexperience is starting to show a bit there and, and really the, started with yeah, that prop, spin in Russia. Yeah, no, yeah. I mean all, all the props to Ferrari, like we said, they, they've been the most consistent midfield team all year and, and they deserved it. Last year was so weird and disastrous and oh, you know, who knows when, yeah. what went on there, and, but, but it wasn't just last year, you know, the Ferrari has been in a bit of a rut, you know, as of late and it's good Since to see the they're FIA back on their feet. them from cheating essentially. Yeah. That's, that's, let's, call it, <laughs> let's call it what it is. Yeah. Well, they had to fix their fuel yeah. flow. So illegal fuel flow, fuel flow sensor. There it is. Um, it's well, been their power. We're playing with terrible playing with different characters now and it's, and it's likable guys, you know, I, I, I yeah. love me some Charles Leclerc, love me some, Charles uh, signs and um, you know, Charles. 
<laughs> and uh yeah i don't know I, I was never really in love with the lando ricardo pairing from the beginning you know i, I didn't quite get that but um yeah yeah props to ferrari man well as someone who is in love with the lando um ricardo pairing um yeah, no, it's uh, Ferrari's. They've been extremely consistent this year. This year's extremely consistent, and like we said with Carlos Sainz, where it's like, oh, ho hum, Carlos Sainz, he's just between fifth and seventh every single race, and it's like that works if you do that every single week, and, and somehow have. Carlos Sainz does that every single week. It's incredible, um, and also Charles. I mean, Leclerc's. We've seen his highs and his lows. He's a little more like, you know, I don't want to use the word. I don't want to say he's. Not as consistent as signs because he gets higher. He finishes higher. His ceiling's um, higher. His, his he's got he's got a higher ceiling than what signs needs. But no, they're definitely a team to look out for for twenty twenty two. And like you guys have said, they definitely. I think they. You guys are right. They have the most driver team. They seem to have the most driver chemistry of any of the t- of pairings for next year for sure. Um, and but I, I will say though that I feel like McLaren could have been a lot more consistent this year. Um, they should have been, but they were, they were, when they were up, they were up. Like, I mean, as we saw Monza, obviously, but when they were down, it was like, oh no, here's a 14th for Ricardo and a 12th for Norris. Like, the well, I think it's, it, this year. I think it's fair to note that, that, you know, McLaren was, it was a, it was a great battle for three and four throughout the season. But we've got early this in the big, season, we, or early season, we're talking about how Lando Norris yeah. basically is fourth every single race. Yeah. No, Lando, Lando Norris's first half of the season was, was absolutely incredible. Um, but it, it seems like Ferrari, um, with that that new that new power unit that they had that they put in like five or six races ago, uh, I think it was Spa for one driver and then after Spa for the for the next, that gave them the clear upgrade. And with this big regulation change coming for next year, it seems like McLaren were done with their upgrades. They were like, "This is what we have. We're riding it out." And Ferrari, the thing about that is because there's a power unit, there's an engine freeze, you know, for next year. So no one's power units are changing. So Ferrari's upgrade to that engine will carry over. So it was a worthwhile upgrade that will carry over into next year. Whereas McLaren didn't have that in the bag. So they're, they're just probably kind of looking ahead to 2022. Their finances are secure. They probably don't need the money from finishing third versus fourth. Um, But it was, it was, it was a fun battle. And I wanted to just kind of, kind of note on that other midfield points for me. uh, Kimi Raikkonen uh, just, like running Sebastian Vettel off the road. We had like two former world champions and Kimmy, have you got, did you guys see Kimmy's post-race interview? No, I didn't get a chance to catch it. Absolutely iconic. Um, Just because <laughs> the, the announcers, everyone watching were just like, what was he thinking? He was never ahead in the corner at any point. <laughs> and he just, and in the, his interviews, I tried to overtake him on the track. I didn't want to go off wide. You know, I was, I thought it was ahead. Never was ahead. They asked oh, him. Kimmy. They asked him what. Uh, they had asked him about the Jetta circuit. You know this new circuit, and he said, "You know, we'll have to wait and see. I've never raced there." So they followed up on that after the race and said, "Now you've raced there. What do you think?" And he said, "I don't give a. Shit. I'm not coming back next year." No one's coming back next year, Kimmy. But uh... I, I, I just, I just, I'm gonna miss that man. And uh, and I had to had to give him a shout out despite the just ridiculous move he tried to pull on Sebastian Vettel. Um, a little absurd there. in the midfield. I felt I felt like it was one of those like, hey, I'm leaving Formula One, so uh, let me try it, to just take you out as a take out an old friend for the last yeah. time <laughs> for the lulls, man. 
Yeah, yeah. going out with a bang, maybe typical Iceman fashion. All right, let's 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 finally uh, finally get to this quickly. <sighs> Rocks Rockstar Rockstar of the week. Who we got, Ian? Yeah, let's go with Lewis Hamilton. Um, you know, won the race, tied the points, survived, almost getting rear end or you know having getting brake checked by Verstappen. Um, or apparently in Britain they call it brake brake test. I said Mac brake brake tested him. Yeah, right, that, right. That, that, that rubbed me the wrong way. Sorry, I had to sounds less intimidating. I know, yeah, right? I don't, I don't it's like when they call like it that. they call it drink driving instead of drunk driving. It, you know, kind Nerds. of it, it makes it sound less significant. <laughs> Sorry to cut you off, Ian. Yank Shaft Pot is not condoning drinking or driving or drink driving. Please Definitely don't not do drink it, driving. Um, yeah, so I, I think it's going to go with Hamilton. Um, maybe Bottas towards the end, but somebody from Mercedes, I think I'd say. Bottas certainly has my vote. I mean, th- this guy's got half one foot out the door on his way out leaving Mercedes, and, and he's fighting tooth and nail, clawing for that, for that spot. Um, taking the points away from from Ocon there and, and trying to help his team out as much as he can here down the down the street. So yeah, I thought that was super impressive by him. Yeah, and and uh Mercedes are now 28 points up on Red Bull and the constructors. I mean, those are massive, massive points there. All but locked up the the constructors there. Um basically this the you know similar gap to uh that Ferrari has, I'm sorry, Ferrari is actually 30, yeah, 38 points up on McLaren, Mercedes are 28 points up on Red Bull. Uh, both of those, you know, kind of locked up going into the, the last week, but it was a great job by Bottas. Um, I got to give mine to Lewis Hamilton. I mean, it was, he, he handled everything Max, Max threw at him, legal and illegal. Everything the FIA threw at him with the, the, the you know, late red flag everything there's uh, you know telling max to give him the position back at an inconvenient time everything he's handled it um just just with poise and skill unlike anything we've seen at least like in our adult lifetimes um so i think you know it, it kind of pains me i don't like picking lewis hamilton as much right it's, you know it's it's too easy but it I mean, it was it was an incredible weekend, and 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 possibly a microcosm of this entire season with Lewis just handling everything that gets that gets thrown at him um, throughout the year. Wanker of the week. This one should be fun. Um, I've got a few <laughs> options, Johnny. I'll let you lead it off. Um, yeah, it's got to go. I got to go with Max. I mean, it's too obvious for me not to just questionable decisions all day long i mean dude took a fat slice off that off the that first corner at the beginning of the, the race and completely stalled everything up i mean it took us an hour and a half two hours to get through 20 laps of the race that wasn't his fault though no, no it wasn't but i mean um he, i think he it's did, just all boiling over every situation poorly every yeah, exactly. every opportunity he had to, to let someone pass or take yeah. the yeah he did it wrong and, and, and you know and when I see him do that stuff and I see Lewis in those same situations, Lewis is always, uh, you know, he's always, he's like, Hey, let me finish this race in one piece. I'll let this guy pass here and, and make up my place later. But no, nah, with Max, it's always, you know, balls to yeah. the wall and yeah. refuses to lose. And yeah, that's what makes next week so interesting because you can't, yeah, for sure. you can't, you can't get him next week. In, yeah. in Abu Dhabi, it's now or never. And again, I, I don't, I don't want to feel like I'm being too harsh on Max, but I, I, it does make me a little bit nervous. Uh, Ian, who you got? 
Yeah, my wanker of the week is the country of Saudi Arabia for not having a track be ready before you. It's gonna for not having a track ready before a Formula One sporting event comes to your country. How do you not have a track ready? And how can you not admit your track is ready? You basically just they just threw money at this problem and didn't make anything go away. So, but the fact that we even had to go there this week is the reason why, although very dramatic and very entertaining and in a weird, twisted way, like I said before, kind of one of my favorite slash more memorable races, definitely a driver hazard. Saudi Arabia, you're the wanker of the week. I I mean, this race has been on the schedule from the beginning of the season, has it not? Like, we knew this was going to be happening on these dates. Yeah. Yeah. I don't get it either. Yeah, yeah. I don't know if I, I muted my mic halfway through Ian's rant, but clearly my cat agrees with you. Yeah. Uh, just an absolute sham from from Saudi Arabia. I'm giving my <laughs> wanker of the week to uh, Michael Massey and the FIA. Um, more so than than like how great Lewis was, or you know how problematic Max's behavior was, um, or how intense the battle was overall, was just how disappointing um, the FIA's decision-making inconsistent and disappointing the FIA's decision-making was all weekend. I think it was the, the strongest opinion I have on anything that happened was just, I know that they screwed that up royally. Um, And it's, it's just, it's really hard, hard for me to look past that as we move into the season finale, uh, Yas Marina circuit, Abu Dhabi, Traditionally, not the most exciting track. Um, they have, however, good, they've made it, it always looks great. Yeah. Um, they have made some changes. They like removed a hairpin and made it a little wider. They've made a few changes to the track for this year to hope to increase some overtaking. It seems like it's it, it's basically replaced a few slower corners with more medium high speed corners. Um, and that change would seem to favor the Mercedes a little bit. Um, we saw Max at the last race of last year kind of dominate um, this this track. Um, it was it was really good for for Red Bull setup. Um, with the new changes, who knows? I mean, dude, even if we knew exactly, if even if we'd seen this track a million times and this version of this track, like this season, if it's taught us anything, it's that we have no idea what's going to happen going into any single weekend when we think the Merc's going to be faster, the Red Bull's faster. You know, Matt, we thought Jetto was going to be better for Mercedes. Max would have had the fastest lap in qualifying. He would have been on pole. Like, it's... Like it's, in it's Alpine crazy. leading for a quarter of the race. Who knows? Yeah. I mean, yeah. So, I mean, that's... A, any cha- changes to the track, like, you know, aside, because I think it's worthless for us to try to predict anything based on, like, the changes to the circuit. So let's just take this opportunity with one race left in the season. Who you got and why? Lewis Hamilton, because he's, he's probably, because he's the GOAT. That's, that's why. Um, I just think cooler heads are going to prevail. Um, I think his car's faster right now. And... I think it's done. I think, I think it's eight. Yeah. Mercedes, you know, these guys have been here before. They've been here seven times, seven, eight times in a row now. And three words, cooler heads prevail and he's the goat. So you can't argue with that. And, and just Max to me at this point seems like, like a desperate caged animal, wild animal or something, you know, like, He's too desperate. He's too. He's too. Um, 
he's too much of a loose cannon at, at this point. I, I, I could see him, you know, pushing too hard, making a mistake or something like that. And um, I've got Mercedes coming out on top. Well, this is sounding an awful lot like our season prediction episode where uh, <laughs> you guys both picked Mercedes because they've, you know, won seven in a row. I got to stick with my guns and say, I'm going with going with Max Verstappen. Um, that's the storyline that I'm rooting for. And that's the storyline I think, I think is going to happen. Cause I gotta, I gotta stick with my guns on this one. Um, we, that, that's, that's kind of all, all we have. Hopefully we can get a good clean race. Um, at or, Marina, least, or at least some good drama. I'm sure there will be drama. If it's not Probably clean, gonna one or the other. it's going to be dramatic, Ian. There's, yeah. I can't yeah. wait for the for this next drive to survive season coming out. Dude, I'm almost disappointed because it, it needs 40 episodes. <laughs> it, 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 10 is just not going to cut it. Dude, so that we need, we need a whole documentary, like long-form series. Like We need Ken, bring Ken Burns in to Maybe do like a, a, a series pod. on this. Yeah, on just this season alone. Um, because it, it has been one of the greatest of all time and we've got one race left two drive, you know, two of the best drivers in the world, probably the two best drivers in the world level on points, one race left. That's all. That's all we've got. We will catch you guys after the season when the dust is settled Yeah. on the next episode of the Yank Shaft Podcast.